Hello, good afternoon. It's Thursday, the 30th of April, and here's the stories for today from View from Military Mind Daily Views. Views and opinions about world and national events from the minds of the men and women that are defending and have defended our freedoms for the past 244 years. Unfiltered, unedited, and definitely not PC. If you're ready, let's move out. And today in our first segment, we have the four top stories for the day. Take a look at Representative Justin Amash, an independent from Michigan, who's seeking libertarian nod for president. Our second story will be the study that looks at who joins the military and why. Findings are what many think. Our third story will be about Miss Tara Reid, sexually assaulted by Joe Biden, supposedly. We'll take a little bit more look at that. And four story would be about U.S. intelligence, about the, the CCP or the COVID-19 virus. Not man-made or genetically modified is what they're telling us. Then in our second segment, we'll have a tale of two idiots. Mayor Bill de Blasio and then Representative Adam Smith, the Washington Chairman of the House Armed Services Committee. He's saying no more money for the military. Then, of course, in the final, we'll have the views from my military, military mind. Want to contact us? Write us at vfamm2020 at gmail.com. Right after the break, we'll get started. Whether you arrive by land or water, there is no mistaking the beauty and serenity of Ditto Landing. Located on the picturesque Tennessee River at the southern edge of Huntsville, Alabama, this marina is nestled in lush greenery and surrounded by serene mountain foothills. Bass, brim, and catfish are plentiful in the sparkling waters where sailboats and yachts cruise side by side. Along with water recreation, Ditto Landing plays host to many special events throughout the year. Located at 293 Ditto Landing Road, Southeast, in Huntsville, Alabama, stop by and see all there is at Ditto Landing, or give Brandy Quick and her folks a call at 256-882-1057, and they'll let you know what's going on in the most beautiful spot in North Alabama. All right, welcome back. We'll go ahead and get into our four top stories of the day. First one's going to be uh, talking about Representative Justin Amash of Michigan. He's an independent up there. And on Wednesday, he said he's seeking the libertarian nod for president because millions of Americans do not feel well represented by either major political party. Amash is a Trump critic who left the Republican Party to become an independent. Uh, That's reported by AP News. He's also, he did that when they were going into the impeachment uh, uh, fiasco in the House with Nancy Pelosi and all that. And he actually left the Republican Party at that point because he felt he needed to be part of the impeachment. So he became an independent. Um, with, in view of this, uh, looking at 
getting a libertarian nod. I mean, he's set up an exploratory committee, and that's all it is at this point. He hasn't actually said he's going to run. But both sides are generally critical of Amash, and they're skeptical that he'll have a significant impact in any way, shape, or form in the race. He's nothing more than he's going to get his public dues out there. Um, both the left and the right are say he's a, he's a non-starter, and he's not going to be any effect. Uh, he might take a few votes here and there, but neither side expects him to take even one electoral vote. Um, we know how that how that kind of works out. So we'll keep an eye on what happens with Amash. Um, he's kind of a, a dark horse candidate and kind of a just a fly in the ointment. So we'll keep an eye out and see what comes up with him. Now, in that same aspect, uh, in his home state, Michigan, uh, they're talking about their internal polls are showing the, the Democrats with a slight advantage to put another Democrat in his seat in Michigan. Because if he runs, he gives that seat up. So somebody's going to have to fill that in. So it's kind of a win and lose. We'll see what happens there. You know, an independent seat going to be filled by a Democrat in Michigan. We'll see how that works out. All right. The, uh, the second story is about a study that has come out. Um, about the American military, the all-volunteer force, and why, you know, who and why do people join uh, the military? And they went through this study, and we know back in the day, it was a lot of your your poor, you know, lower-skilled, lower-educated people a lot of times would come into the military for a a bigger, better advantage and to get better educated and to have a good source of pay and to have skills when they came out and be productive on the outside. And as they go through, um, they have found out that's not so much the case anymore. Uh, it's middle class. They are broad spectrum across both left and right sides of the aisle. Uh, they're educated. Uh, the majority of them aren't going because of economic disparity. Coming in for stability. A lot of them coming in out of patriotism, but they're more so coming in for the um, the uh, benefits that are available to them now. Not a lot of them are staying there for their entire career, for a 20-year career. Most of them are coming in, getting the skills they need, getting their college, getting things like that, getting the economic advantage to get them on their feet as young adults and moving on. But the, the study was quite extensive. Uh, been over about a three-year period. Um, it, they based it on several different surveys that were going on um, across the board, across the United States. And, uh, you know, like I said, they looked at two common common conclusions that were drawn by decades of existing studies prior to this. And number one was that Americans from poor socioeconomic economic backgrounds were more likely to pursue the military and two, that the military has low standards that appeal to less skilled and less educated. Um, you know, they don't deny that the incentives to join the military exist, um, but the requirements of the modern, capital-intensive, information-dominant, expeditionary military have increased, and the, the less affluent are less likely to meet those requirements. So you've got to be educated. You've got to finish high school. You've got to have something going on. Um, not just dropping out and going to the military to uh, make up for what you didn't do prior. Um, 
you know, and they said that, uh, you know, some of this possible misconception about poor Americans joining the military was basically a geographical issue. You know, the Defense Department tracks the zip codes of recruits, and many of them come from uh, more rural areas in the southeast. But it doesn't track their incomes or their parents' incomes, or you know, which leads to assumption that the poor of the communities, the poor of the recruits, which is a big misconception that's been proven. Um, of course, a widespread belief among academics, uh, the American and lawmakers, are that those fighting America's wars come mostly from poorest groups, and it's probably a product of trends from the past, which you know we've seen that in the past. So. Um, From 97 to 2008, the Bureau of Labor Statistics found that uh, services are recruited primarily from the middle class. And that's America's largest socioeconomic demographic. Um, they show that recent recruits tend to have a higher than average socioeconomic background. They disproportionately come from middle of the family income, family wealth, and cognitive skill distributions. Um, and both tales of this were uh, underrepresented. You know, they show that higher scores in cognitive skill tests increase the probability of joining the military for lower lower middle class individuals, but decrease the enlistment likelihood of young men and women coming from, uh, you know, the right tail of the income distribution, the lower end, lower end of it, uh, meaning that more affluent prospects tend to pick, you know, another path. So, um, you know, they, they went through a bunch of feedback, but Pretty much, you know, it's to get the advantages and to get the leg up and get the move forward uh, by the military for use on the outside. Um, now they went through, surveyed a lot of people, studied a lot of things, and uh, you know, believe in service member uh, first and foremost, an exemplary patriot and citizen can be found across the U.S. political spectrum and all uh, significant demographic groups. Uh, conservatives are more likely to respond, you know, and join for duty and patriotism while liberals cited, you know, economic reasons. But, and there was, you know, there was a common belief among those groups. And that being exemplary patriot and citizens. <coughs> so to dispel all those rumors that only the poor and disadvantaged come in, not so much. Um, and this uh, this survey and this study uh, is available and can re be read through Military Times. Um, Megan Myers was the author of that, and she covered it quite well and uh, brought that, that uh, study out to us. <coughs> All right. And one of the big topics that's going on right now, moving on to the next, is about Miss Tara Reid, who was allegedly sexually assaulted by Joe Biden uh, back in no, 1993. And uh, the biggest things to, uh, to know about this is that, you know, of course, former Senate staffer Tara Reid has accused the 2020, uh, the 2020 presidential candidate Biden of sexual assaulting her in 93. Uh, Biden has denied the allegations through a spokesman but he has not personally addressed the allegations. Um, and since Reed came forward with their allegations back in March, two more people have corroborated details of her story, 
and a video of what appears to be her mother discussing her assault in the 90s has been uncovered. Um, and then on Tuesday, Reid demanded that Biden release Senate papers pertinent to her time serving as a staffer in 93, which he's yet to do. So it's getting really interesting. Uh, the last I had gotten on this before going on air, but there's over five people now that have uh, come out to corroborate Miss Reed's story. And Biden has yet to address it. You know, and it, it's uh, it, it's really bad you know, that there's there's more coming forward to corroborate what Ms. Reed has said against Biden than whatever came out to corroborate the the Faw case against Kavanaugh, Justice Kavanaugh. Um, and there's more to expected uh, to come out as time goes on. Um, the liberals are, are really confused. Uh, they really don't know what they're silent for the most part. But uh, your media and everybody is screaming for him to open up. And the DN DNCF, uh, Democratic National Congressional Foundation, is uh, uh, insisting that Biden come out and say something about this. Um, and even when you get somebody like uh, the Washington Post dropping the hammer on you, and says it's time for you to listen and reply. Uh, the Free Beacon is calling him out. There, there's several that's calling him out to answer to this. So he's been totally silent on it. Just because you ignore it doesn't mean it's going to go away. So we'll keep following on this and see what Miss Reed has more to say. And if uh, uh, Joe Biden ever comes out and uh, says something about it, because you've got uh, you got a lot coming up here. Uh, of course, you've got the standard, the standard bearers of the, uh, on the Democratic side that's saying, ah, we don't find any allegations, but yet there's some pretty important people that's corroborating it, and some pretty honest people that have nothing to gain from it. So we'll see how it goes with that with Mr. Biden and Miss Tara Reid. I wish them both the best. Uh, like I said, it's just an allegation at this time. Uh, and getting into our fourth story from the U.S. intelligence co uh, community. They are basically saying that the COVID-19, uh, or as it's being called, the Chinese Communist Party virus, was not man-made man or genetically modified. And that's what the intelligence agencies from the United States have concluded. Uh, the Office of Director of National Intelligence and the head of the U.S. intelligence community said the uh, community concurs with the wide scientific consensus that the COVID-19 virus was not made, made nor genetically modified. Um, they always did not say how it came to the conclusion. And the IC, uh, Intelligence Committee, continued to rigorously examine emergency information and intelligence to determine whether the outbreak began through contact with infected animals uh, or if it was a result of an accident at the laboratory in Wuhan. So, and that came out on April 30th, which is today. Um, we know that it originated in China last year before spreading around the world, infecting millions and killing hundreds of thousands. So the area where it did emerge is near the Wuhan Institute of Virology. It's a high-level laboratory where they're studying you know, coronavirus, how coronaviruses, well, I'll get it right, 
uh, leap from animals to humans. So we'll see what comes out of that. We'll track on this one also. Um, it, it's going to be an interesting outcome as to what's going to happen. You know, and major publications like Reuters and Washington Examiner, things like that, are you know, backing this story up and getting the statements. You know, we still haven't gained access to uh, the virology lab, but uh, they're hoping they eventually will and get proper information from from China as to what's going on here. I'm not holding my breath on that because we're talking about communist China here. But hopefully we will have something come out and we'll see what happens. So we'll track on that. And those are the top four stories we have for today. And now we'll get in in the next segment. We'll take a look at uh, our tale of two idiots. So just hang with me right after the break. We'll talk about those two tales. What do you see in a parade? You see children with their flags, families clapping and laughing. What do you see when he walks by? Do you see his struggle, his path, his fight? Do you see him? When he walks, he walks alone. When he stands, he stands by himself. But he stands knowing the force of the VFW, America's largest organization of combat veterans, has his back. We are the VFW, and no one does more for veterans. All right, support your veterans and your local VFW as they help veterans in a time of need, and even not in the time of need, they're always there for the, the veterans. All right, we all heard the Twitter, heard Round the Big Apple. My message to the Jewish community and all communities is this is simple. The time for warnings has passed. I have instructed the NYPD to proceed immediately to summons or even arrest those who gather in large groups. This is about stopping this disease and saving lives, period. Mayor Bill de Blasio at 8.35 p.m. Eastern Time on April 28, 2020. Bill, what were you thinking? This is the Twitter post that he sent out to, about the Jewish community as thousands of them at a funeral of a rabbi had gathered. Um, they all had masks on. No, they weren't social distancing. But de Blasio went out of his way to call out the Jewish community. Over a million Jews live in New York City and were always big supporters of his party. And he comes out along with all the other screw-ups he's done and calls them out and puts them under the, the microscope for really no reason. There's other ways he could have gone about doing this. So here we are. This is the tale of two idiots, and this is our first idiot for the day, um, Mayor Bill de Blasio in New York City. Um, this man just cannot seem to get his head out of his fifth point of contact and be a mayor instead of a, a totalitarian. Um, 
But the headlines are, some of them are like, New York, New York City Mayor warns Jewish community as thousands at funeral of rabbi versus victim. Uh, Bill de Blasio slammed for generalizing in an, in an announcement of zero tolerance of social distancing breaches. Ultra-Orthodox congregation, sorry for huge crowd at, at uh, Kaya Mertz uh, funeral. So it, <laughs> when they say he, he's come under, under fire, is an understatement. <clears throat> you know, he's come under fire for warning all the city's Jews of a crackdown after a funeral for the rabbi in Williamsburg. And it drew thousands of mortars who didn't observe the social distancing rules. Um, many accuse the Democratic mayor of the uh, U.S. city worst hit by the pandemic of generalizing against the Jewish community. And this is in light of a lot of anti-Semitism that's been happening in New York uh, within the past year. It's been insane that the, the type of anti-Jewish uh, things that have occurred. You know, it, yeah, I just, it's hard to um, put into a, a mindset what is going on here. Um, the, the rabbi had died of COVID-19. So this really touched on the hearts of the, the Jewish community there. And they wanted to honor him and be at his funeral. They, and NYPD was there setting, set out roadblocks and the cones and stuff and the barricades to keep the street closed to traffic. So they knew people were going to be there. They just didn't anticipate the number of people that showed up, which kind of, to me, that would over, overwhelm any kind of uh, law enforcement entity that's trying to maintain control, kind of catch you off guard. Um, so, it, it, you know, it happened. We know that the spread of uh, coronavirus has, has hit the older Orthodox Jewish communities in New York City, especially hard. And some members of those communities have res resisted social distancing just because of their their religious standings. Um, at the same time, there have been warnings of rising anti-Jewish sentiment amid, amid the pandemic, with some accusing Jews of being behind the virus or of profiting from it. So there's a lot of anti-Semitism that is increasing uh, within New York City. So when de Blasio puts out something like this and targeting the Jewish community, it's going to be looked at as anti-Semitism. You know, you know, in a series of tweets Tuesday evening, de Blasio announced a zero-tolerance policy while singling out the entire Jewish community of the city with the most Jews in the world. Uh, it's, cr it's crazy. Now, in his, his first tweet uh, that came out around 829, he, uh, de Blasio stated that something absolutely unacceptable happened in Williamsburg tonight. <clears throat> a large funeral gathering in the middle of this pandemic. When I heard, I went there myself to ensure the crowd was dispersed. And what I saw will not be tolerated so long as we are fighting the coronavirus. You know, and then he goes on to say that my message to the Jewish community and all communities, is this simple. The time for warnings has passed, just like I said earlier in this in this segment. And he goes on later on at about 841 on the 28th. says, we have lost so many these last two months. <clears throat> I understand the instinct to gather to mourn, 
but large gatherings will only lead to more deaths and more families in mourning. We will not allow this. I have instructed the NYPD to have one standard for this whole city. Zero tolerance. So he, he, you pointed out one community, dude, and you got your butt handed to you. Uh, the series of posts drew fury online from both public and political officials, both Democrat and Republican, both sides of the, the aisles here. Um, and the Anti-Defamation League um, is even calling the general, generalization outrageous. <clears throat> you know, just to give you an idea, uh, during the research on this, the entities that are calling out DeBasio are the Anti-Defamation League, the New York Post, of course, its manager was Joe Rabinovitz, uh, Ben Shapiro, uh, Kamen Yeager, New York City Councilman, the Washington Examiner, American Jewish Committee, uh, World Jewish Congress, Senator Ted Cruz, New York City Council member, members uh, Stephen, uh, Stephen Levin and Brad Lander, New York State Senators Brad Hoyman and Julia Salazar, Assembly members Harvey Einstein, or Estine, and Linda Rosenthal. You know, this is just a small number of people that are continually calling him out uh, about what he did. Um, this is all in letters and op-eds and the news and shows and tweets. These people, are, they're beside themselves or what this idiot just did. <coughs> I know. And when you get somebody like you know, the great lady uh, and the New York Post calling you out in your own city. And and these two publications normally have, you know, been pretty lenient on him. You've got some problems. You know, and, and he's had other bad choices, like asking other New Yorkers to, to snitch on each other uh, and having a, a, a site to post pictures of what's going on. you got to be kidding me. Um, naming his wife to head a coronavirus racial inequity task force. Um, hey, Wild Bill, have you not figured out this? The coronavirus doesn't look at your race, doesn't look at your age, doesn't look at your ethnicity or your immigration status. It just gets you butt, okay? So why are you even doing that? That's ignorant. Um, he had 80 basketball hoops removed from city basketball courts in the city while he's running around disregarding social distance regulations and participating in recreational activities with other people. Don't do as I do, do as I say is what I see here with this man. Uh, he, he's strolling through a Brooklyn park 12 miles away from me. His home at Gracie Mansion, which is a park. What the hell's going on here? And this was caught on tape by a CNN reporter. And we all know how CNN goes, and they call him out. Um, this, this crap that he's given us, that this is tough love, is just that. It's BS. It's bullshit. Um, de Blasio is not offering tough love. He's trying to be the totalitarian and again, like I said, don't do as I do, do as I say. <clears throat> That's it. It's, it, again, we see more of the liberal 
progressive socialist type items, uh, type activities coming out with things like this. And I just don't think he knows what he's doing. He, I really don't. <clears throat> so <laughs> a lot of people say that they, they know the mayor's reaction came from his concern to the health and safety of our community in the entire city. And it wasn't ill-intentioned, but we are concerned. And, or they we share that concern. This is coming from the, the Orthodox Jewish community. Uh, this is their response. You know, we share that concern. Health and life takes precedence to anything else, and we shall follow those rules. You know, but others noted the crowds that gathered earlier Tuesday to watch a flyover by Navy's Blue Angels and the, Thor the Air Force Thunderbirds to honor health care workers didn't bother to find the, follow the distancing rules either, and he didn't do anything that. Um, hmm. I really don't know what more I could say about it. Uh, now, the Orthodox Jewish Public Affairs Council tweeted that only bigots have a problem with a few hundred Hasidim do what thousands of people in the same city have done the same day, not social distance. So, uh, de Blasio, I think you pretty much shot your shot yourself in the foot on this one. I don't, if the New Yorkers, if people from New York continue to keep this idiot in there, they got nobody to blame but themselves. And it's like I say in every one of my podcasts and every one of my shows and every one of my appearances, educate yourself. Don't be blind. When you have a man sitting in the most powerful office in the, in the city of New York doing dumb things like this on a continuous basis, it's time for him to go. And you need to educate yourself and make sure you remove that soil. So I don't, it, he's saying now that, you know, Monday, that at least 40 miles of streets would close to traffic to give city residents more space to exercise outdoor, um, trying to show that there's a sign. Um, it's not it's not far off that this is all trying to come to an end. So we'll see how that how that works out for uh, Wild Bill de Blasio. I tell you what, I wouldn't want anything to do with that. I've, I've visited New York City. It's a, it can be a beautiful city. You've got some awesome people there. I've, I've served with some of the best veterans I've known from New York. But yeah, their city administration is stupid. Anyway, we'll get on to the, the tale of the second idiot in just a minute. You move with strength and confidence constantly aware of your surroundings. You know you're prepared to handle anything that comes your way. You have the training and the discipline. You think street, you practice the art, and you train in the sport. You are part of Combat Base Mississippi. Under the detailed and technical mentoring of Eric Spellman, first degree black belt, and Professor Chris Hoyter, fifth degree black belt, you can master the art of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and become the strong, confident person you want to be. Located at 3341 Highway 49 South in Florence, Mississippi, Eric can teach you and hone your skills in the art of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Give Eric a call at 601-316-3987 and find your path to strength and confidence. Think street. Practice art. Train sport at Combat Base Mississippi. All right, we'll get into the number two idiot in our tale of two idiots. Um, this one's Rep Representative Adam Smith, uh, D. Washington. 
He's the chairman of the House Armed Services Committee. Now, this is a man that has a lot of control over the purse strings of DOD, Department of Defense, and all of our military. And when I mean a lot of control, he can make or break our DOD budget. <clears throat> now, in a conference call with uh, reporters yesterday, uh, Representative Adam Smith said that he does not favor increasing the Pentagon's budget as part of the government's response to the coronavirus pandemic. He went on to say that, I'm not saying that I'm not convinced that there are places within the broad de Defense Department obligations where more money needs to be spent. What I'm saying is I have yet to be convinced that that money cannot be found within the areas of DOD where less money is now being spent. Okay. Uh, speaking on the call sponsored by George Washington University's Defense Writers Group, um, Smith argued that the economic slowdown means that the Pentagon won't be spending appropriate funds as fast, and therefore there will be pots of money that could be reprogrammed for the COVID-19 priorities. He went on to say that I don't think that we should, in a stimulus package, put money in from DOD at this point in terms of the basic $740 billion budget. Uh, you know, fuel costs are coming down dramatically, production hits. I don't see a need right now, with all the needs that we face in this country, to spend more money on basic DOD to go buy more planes or ships or boats or anything like that. Okay. Uh, I don't... From my poor basic knowledge, I don't think um, that's what that's for. I think we're already spending that money on those items. <clears throat> you know, Smith has been a consistent opponent of President Trump's efforts to uh, construct more barriers along the southern border. Um, he nevertheless points to the reprogramming of the funds within the Pentagon budget as an example of how existing appropriations can be moved to meet new priorities. Uh, he says that uh, there are plenty of places within the Pentagon, particularly in, particularly in light of the slowdown, in light of the fact that there is going to be a record amount of unexecuted money within DOD because of how everything has slowed down. We'll take some, some of that unexecuted unex money and use it to pay it forward. Okay. Uh, he suggested the first place to look is the $2.5 billion in the Pentagon's budget that's been uh, reallocated for what he called Trump's vanity wall, but has not yet been spent. Uh, says it, it is uncosted and unobligated just sitting there. Why not take some of that? Okay. Um, not. This is an ongoing project, and you can't just throw that money out there and spend it immediately for something that has not been able to occur as of yet. So basically, you're hunting for a way to strip the wall. And, oh yeah, that goes along with the standard Democratic uh, point of allowing more illegal immigration into the country. Gotcha here, Representative Smith. Um, idiot number two. Okay. Uh, he says that uh, DOD can play a role. He says Congress should consider funding in funding in a supplemental budget for urgent needs that the Pentagon is uniquely positioned to provide. What we do need to spend money on in the supplemental is whatever necessary to help us deal with the virus. I think DOD can play a role in that. Um, 
you know, Smith cited more aggressive use of the Defense Production Act to increase production of personal protection equipment as N95 face masks. Um, this guy hasn't got a clue. He obviously does not know how DOD money is utilized and spent. It's not that easy to move it around. <clears throat> and it, to me, and just reading everything that goes on with this, doing the research to bring this out today, He's doing nothing more than trying to stop Trump from building his wall down there, allow more illegal immigration in, and using his position as a purse string holder in the House Armed Services Committee to make that happen. So he's looking, stripping all kinds of other things. That money's sitting there dormant right now because we've got the virus going on. Why do you want to take the money away? i tell you what, Representative Smith, if you want to get more money, if you want to bring in more money that's not... That, to me, is not being utilized correctly. Why don't you shut down all the DOD contractors out there that's doing your servicemen and women's job for them and not allowing them to do their work and it's raping the American public for billions of dollars a year, if not a month, over duplicity, duplicated work. So take a look at that, idiot number two. So... Give us a few minutes here, or give us a minute, and we'll be right back with our closing thoughts. Podnews.net is a short newsletter every weekday with everything you need to know about podcasting and on demand. You can subscribe free at podnews.net for new podcast launches, company changes, stats, and no waffle. In fact, podnews.net is so waffle-free it's really short, just like this promo. All right, it's time for my view from my military mind. Over the years that I've served my country in many capacities, uh, as a soldier, as a firefighter, fire chief, uh, law enforcement, various other aspects, and serving in, you know, as a uh, laborer in construction uh, and various other jobs, I have watched our country change and undulate with these changes. Some of them good, some of them bad. I'm quite proud of where I'm at, what I've done. Um, but what scares me now is the way our country is changing. I'm seeing those things that we fought against and defended against, socialism, communism, uh, anarchy, uh, Marxism, all this starting to come to a head in our country, being brought in by people who have been fringe and been held at the fringe, you know, like de Blasio and this, you know, Bernie Sanders and uh, AOC, uh, Ocasio-Cortez, these particular individuals, in their mind, they feel they're right. But it doesn't fit within our constitutional republic. <clears throat> I don't want to see our country going to socialism. Um, I've seen, I've been around the world where I've seen what it does. <clears throat> So as I say in every show, every podcast appearance, just like I said earlier in this in this show, the American people must educate themselves. Be aware. Don't be a lemming over the hill just because it's the party you've always always supported. Look deep. Um, see what they're doing. See what they're wanting to come out with. I'm not telling you you've got to be Republican or Democrat or Independent or Libertarian or Green Party or whatever telling you, be an American and be part of this country and educate yourself. 
don't vote for them just because they're the lesser of two evils. Make your voice heard. And don't allow our, our America to be overrun by utopic ideas that we know are not going to work. <clears throat> it scares me to see what we've got going on today. But I am confident the American people will make things work and will come out of this dark hole. It may not be tomorrow, it may not be this year, but it'll be soon. So until the next show, take care, be safe, God bless you, and God bless America. This has been a Boundary Productions podcast, copyright 2020, with your host, Terry Mills. Until tomorrow, have a good day, be safe, and God bless America.